right, welcome back to part two of our NFL preview special. In part one, uh, me, Robbie, and our father Michael, making his debut appearance on Potty Train Me, talked about if characters from the movie Cars were NBA players, who would they be? We talked about the NFL, which is starting now today. Cowboys versus Buccaneers kickoff tonight. Which teams are going to impress? Which teams are going to disappoint? And who will be the first coach fired this season? In part two, we're going to talk about our MVP picks. Last year, Robbie had a great pick, and he almost was correct. We'll get to that in just a second. We're going to talk about a little bit of basketball, and we're even going to touch on some gaucho talk. UCSB sports are underway, and fans are back. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Here, we got part two. Enjoy. Let's move to our MVP pick. Oh, is this the Andy Isabella? One of my favorite moments in the history of, uh, was it my podcast or yours? It was yours. Oh, actually, never mind. I I don't want to stroke my self. One of his favorite moments in the history of Pass It Down is when, Robbie, why don't you tell the story? Um... Last year, um, we, me and Greg, were finally invited on to the Pass It Down podcast, which we were thrilled about, obviously, it. as um, active listeners. By the way, that I heard in Canada, that episode spiked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, anyways, and it was actually an NFL preview for the 2020 season. So one of the things that we discussed was our MVP predictions, and I decided to pick Andy Isabella for MVP, just because I thought that, I mean, maybe he wasn't the most well-known guy at the time, but he had the potential to light things up and enter that MVP conversation. As a slot receiver on the Cardinals. <laughs> and listen, in fairness to Robbie, Andy Isabella was drafted ahead of DK Metcalf, <laughs> I believe. I don't even know what to say. Because imagine looking at those two guys and you're like, well, I could have that guy or that guy. Um, and DK Metcalf, I think, brought that to the Cardinals' attention when he chased down Buda Baker in one of the greatest <laughs> plays I've ever seen. So, yes, this is my favorite thing, Robbie. So, yeah, you did pick Andy Isabella. And by the way, I think that was a good pick. Like, it's a shame that Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers out of nowhere had really good seasons. Like, I know. Like, kind of were established quarterback. I've seen beforehand. people picking Mahomes this year, like, like which seems flukish. I mean, it's weird that it's you, really you weird. would think Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know who's a trendy MVP pick that no one's talking about? Josh Allen. No way. <laughs> that's crazy. Also, Justin Herbert. I really that's like trendy, man. No, I mean, no one's talking about Justin Herbert. That's a thing. Hey, you know Dak and Wentz are always going to be in the conversation. I went to Bears camp a few years ago when Mitchell Trubisky had like surprisingly good MVP odds, and I asked about it, and he goes, "You know, he goes, that's just because people saw how ridiculous the odds were and decided it would be a good bet." Like even Mitchell Trubisky knew <laughs> there was, there's no way he was going to be MVP. So there you go. So Robbie, we can't keep the audience waiting anymore. Who is? The 2021 NFL MVP. 
Okay, well, I know a lot of people, when they hear this, will probably criticize me as doing a safe pick. Um, but honestly, if my reputation and credibility is on the line, I want to pick someone who I actually think has a really good chance to win it because I don't want to sound like a fool. So Hollywood Brown <laughs> is my pick. Do you, say, do you say AJ Brown? No. Um, <laughs> let me explain. Hollywood Brown, he's one of those guys who was drafted pretty high um, for a good team. And so naturally he had expectations to be a really good receiver on the Ravens and rack up a bunch of stats and touchdowns. And he lived up to it. I mean, what can I say? He's really consistent week to week, um, has a lot of receptions per game, and he's been getting better every single year. And I think that this is finally the year where he puts it all together and becomes the NFL MVP. They have Bateman and Sammy Watkins, Mark Andrews. Those guys will take attention away from Hollywood Brown. <laughs> so maybe he can really thrive. Can I just say, though, one thing serious about Hollywood Brown is he did catch the famous Lamar returns from pooping his pants that ball. Was, that was my second favorite play of the entire season behind only Lamar Jackson's run against the Titans in the playoffs. What about... I mean, not a play on the field, but Bill Belichick throwing the field. That was my favorite moment by far. <laughs> I mean, of any season, really. By the way, uh, I'm going to start calling him Brentwood Brown in honor of the neighborhood in L.A. where I spent most of my childhood. Brentwood Brown. Brentwood Brown, MVP. You heard it. Nice call. Dad, who you got? Well, I know some people are going to think that um, my heart is talking and not my head, but... Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> went into the 2019 season, and I said, look, if this guy doesn't play well and win and stay healthy, he's getting benched for Nick Mullins. And I got laughed at. But guess what happened? Other than the first game when he didn't play well, Jimmy Garoppolo played well, stayed healthy, and won. And almost won the Super Bowl. And I believe that even though they traded three first-round picks to get Trey Lance, obviously his successor, even though... Trey Lance was so, picked up the offense so quickly that they thought about starting him outright, although Jimmy also, Jimmy had his best camp by far. Um, I just think the Niners are really good, and Jimmy has the right temperament to handle the specter of being replaced. I think he's going to play really well, and he is the most beautiful male human that has ever been created on this earth. And I'm not saying that impacts how I think about him, but he's just dreamy, and I'm thinking of <laughs> I thought it was going to be Jared Goff. I love Jared Goff. I'm just saying. Yeah. Jim, no, I just thought that's where your pick was going to Jimmy be. Jimmy Jesus. Jimmy Jesus. I think Jared Goff's going to have a good year, and everyone who disagrees can. <laughs> what do you okay. think Troy Aikman thinks about the Lions' year? I think Troy Aikman, um, you know, I think the best line about Troy Aikman was we were watching a game, it might have even been the Packer playoff game, where Jared only had one incompletion. It was like, it was like 14 of 15 at one point and somebody in our group text and the group text is me, Jeff Darlington and Jared Goff's best three best friends. And sometimes there's one with Jared Goff and one without, but somebody thinking the one without, cause he was playing said, you know, Troy Aikman's going to spend most of his time talking about the incompletion. That's all <laughs> you need to know. <laughs> Episode five is Jeff Darlington. That is by the way. That's right. By the way, Troy Aikman thinks he's fair and balanced. Unlike Michael Silver. 
Well, he's just spitting facts. Yeah. So, okay, so we got the expert opinion from Robbie and then clearly the amateur opinion there from Dad. <laughs> uh, where do I stand? I don't know. I guess you guys can decide for yourself when I bust out my MVP pick right now. I'm going to go with, and Dad, I know you are high on this player, Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> it's the perfect formula. He's a Super Bowl champion. He just had a good year with the Raiders. He got overpaid to become a New England Patriot and be part of Bill Belichick's joyous culture. And and procession of great picks at receiver because he picks great receivers. Wait, but he's going to have to battle out with superstar Nikhil Harry. for <laughs> No, sure it's the Hollywood that? Brown effect. Nikhil Harry <laughs> takes away attention. <laughs> And also, he has to match up against Tredavious White twice a year. So it's a perfect formula. By the way, can I just say this as a quick aside? Tredavious White was number 95 on the NFL Top 100 this year, which was... That's a little low. So, like, yeah, I don't get to... Chase, Chase Young was, like, number 64, which also is low. Well, hold on, hold I on. Mean, or too, too far down. I mean, yeah, it's like, I don't get super absorbed in these kind of lists, but just, like... If you look at the people around the 95 range, right. you're like, like look at them and tell me they're about the same skill level. And just to cite one example, uh, Corey Davis is 91. So what? Just stop it. Corey Davis is in the top 100? <laughs> yes. I guarantee Mike Vrabel didn't think he was in the top 50 Titans, <laughs> <laughs> which is why he's on the Jets. That's your 14-3 and three Titans who aren't that good, by the way, for those of you who listened earlier. <laughs> Anyway, Nelson Aguilar, MVP. Who voted for Corey Davis? Was that? I, I guarantee the people who voted for Corey Davis, it was the same vibe as Robbie picking Hollywood Brown for MVP. <laughs> <laughs> like, tough. What, correct? Smart? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. 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 Nelson Aguilar, L MVP. I think we've all got a great chance. We all have a good chance. Yeah. Probably Robbie, I mean, the best chance. I think if I put down a $1 for Hollywood Brown for MVP, in the sense that betting Mitch Trubisky was a good bet back then, you know, I could yield some good profits. You know, betting is bad. The NFL told me, so. oh, wait, what's that? Oh, it's 2021. Robbie, betting is good. Bet all you can. And so is race norming, by the way. The NFL is a big fan of race norming. Yeah, they Just are. Throwing that That's a different, different sad conversation. Yeah. So listen, listen to the Pass It Down episode with Dr. Harry Edwards. He's a big fan. Before we're off the NFL topic... Uh, I do want to recognize people who won't win MVP, but some of the league's brightest stars. Asterisk for two games. <laughs> oh, oh, I got some good ones here. There's always going to be those players yep. that are fucking awesome yep. for two games. Uh, you mean like the Austin Hooper fantasy explosion in week yes, one? Yes, the Austin Hooper yeah. fantasy explosion. So, you know, we'll, we'll just go around and name a few. I'll start with... Tyler Lockett. That guy is going to go off twice this year. <laughs> He's also going to make like one of the sickest catches ever that you would think only like a six foot eight guy could make in the corner, but he's not six foot eight. Yeah, no, Tyler Lockett's a good player. I'm just saying he will be awesome twice. Okay, that's fine. Uh, another one, Deshaun Jackson will be awesome. In his first two games as a Ram, he will have four catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. And then he will get injured and return in week 14. No, he will get injured while scoring the second touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's well, good. Who else? Anyone else? Um, I feel like 
Sony Michelle could definitely have like a couple weeks where he has like three, like one yard touchdowns. <laughs> um, the big boy stat line. The big boy stat line. Yeah. Um, maybe like Anthony Ferkser in like week two will have like a three touchdown game for, against like the Colts or something for the fourteen and three. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Just so I can like pick him up in fantasy, only for him to be trashed the rest of the year. Remember that time that idiot told you after Jason Witten had a bad game and he was old that you should cut him, and then you did, and then he set an NFL record with like ninety-two receptions in the next game. Starting the year on suspension, <laughs> Will Fuller the fifth will be awesome for two games this year. Yeah, that's true. When he's not suspended or injured, he will. He might not catch a lot of balls, but he will catch at least one that's like seventy yards. Correct. Okay, I, I made a list here. Um, you know, Mark Cooper's a, a classic. Um, Jadavian Clowney at some point is going to just like, you know, like go nuts for the Browns, and then you're going to be like, wait, wasn't Clowney on the Browns? Um, Curtis Samuel's a good one. The, the Washington, the team I am employed by, uh, signed him as a big free agent signee. He missed all of camp and preseason with a groin injury. Uh, he came back to practice uh, on the Wednesday before the season and immediately left with a twinge in his groin. So I'm not feeling super optimistic about him being a you know season-long contributor, but he could maybe like at some point, you know, uh, make it happen but my these are my real answers on this okay i'm going to give you three guys it could be any one of these three guys it's probably going to be all three of those guys but i don't know when the names are elijah mitchell jamichael hasty and trey sermon they are the running backs on the 49ers other than raheem mostert and at some point one or all of those guys will get in in a key moment and you'll be like wait who's elijah mitchell and then he'll have like 187 yards on 11 carries. That is a testament to Mike McDaniel, the, now the offensive coordinator, and Kyle Shanahan, what they do with that zone read running scheme and how they scheme it up and how they find backs who can execute that scheme. So you don't want them on your fantasy team week in, week out, because you can't trust to play them. But at some point, you're going to be like, God, if I had Jamuncle Hasty on my fantasy team, I would have won. Instead, I'm going to be playing Matt Breida and Jeff Wilson Jr., right. believing that they are still on the Niners. Correct. But that's a great call that yes. every Niners running back will be yeah. awesome if, at some point. In fact, I'm going to go a step further. There is a Niner running back that we don't even know their name because they're not on the active <laughs> roster this year who will at some point for this year's 49ers go off in a game. It might just be some undrafted free agent. We don't even know who he is. But, like, Billy Stubbs is going to come in in week 15 and tote the rock for like 79 yards and a key touchdown. That's pretty good. Okay. You got anyone else? I got a few more, but I don't want to. No, no, no. All you. Okay. Well, I have Kenyon Drake, new Raiders uh... running back, will be awesome for two weeks. Oh. By the way, every touchdown Kenyon Drake scored last year. I thought about Kenyon Drake as a pick. Yeah. yeah I, if you go back and look at the film, every touchdown he scored, he got over the goal line by one inch and was always reviewed. I do not no, think I, there was a single yeah, touchdown. I, I, saw, I saw one of those in uh, week one. And leave us. Yeah. yeah, I do yeah. not think there was a single Kenyon Drake touchdown that was not reviewed <laughs> as to did he get over the goal line. So I think uh, that's, that's a, one. That's an interesting observation. See, that's the level – that's a that's a level up from Pass It Down. We love our podcast. We think we have great guests. You know, Natalie's an incredible talent. But 
I don't know that we're getting that level of detail. You are a, you are an acute and keen watcher of the sport. Attention to detail, baby. Uh, last two and a half guys I have, Josh Reynolds. Great. Now one. on the Titans. Like, especially if Julio has an injury or something. Do you think he can be the 91st best player in the NFL? Because I'll bet he can do as well as Corey Davis did. Uh, AJ Green will be awesome for two games. You're still a little sore about last year. Yeah. Greg, Robbie, do you remember Greg got so excited that he got AJ Green in his fantasy draft? He was like, AJ Green, people <laughs> forgot how great this guy is. And then, like, in, in like, the 12th round. In week one, they were like, Literally, Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, it was as if they went into week one thinking, we got to do right by Greg Silver. I don't know Greg Silver, <laughs> and I, nobody actually told me that he has A.J. Green and was excited about it, but on some weird level, I just need to do everything for Greg Silver, and they were throwing the rock to A.J. Green. There was just got a touchdown that was called back. Yeah, there were, there were a couple problems. There was that. There was... Um, a lot of times he wasn't open and because he couldn't get separation. And then there were other times where he was open but couldn't hold on to the football. So I don't think you got a lot of fantasy points. Well, I cut him eventually. I was like, this is so stupid. Yeah, but you're back on him. For two games. <laughs> you would have taken those two games last year. I would have. The last – man, I'm in the playoffs, though. Last guy I have is not currently still in the league, but I just want to do right by him by saying that if he was still in the league – he would be the perfect candidate for this list, which is Jay Ajayi. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've never laughed so hard when I was doing the aftermath on NFL Network, which unfortunately uh, has died a horrible death. But uh, Heath Evans at the time, my, one of my fellow analysts, was trying to, and Heath had been a fullback in the NFL for the Saints and Patriots. It was a pretty fast fullback, but still a fullback. And Heath Evans was trying to make the point when Jay Ajayi was considered this like really important running back, he was trying to make the point that Jay Ajayi was not getting by on, you know, speed. And, and he, I think he literally said on the, I think he stood up and he was like, I will race him right now and I will win. And he's wearing a suit. So I always thought that was funny. Super Bowl champion Jay Ajayi, yes. along with Nelson Aguilar. Yes, so he, yes, he was. Uh, he's well, Brit he's British. He is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's a Brit. Robbie, any final thoughts on football? I wonder if he's a Roy Kent fan. Mm, I think just about covered it. Okay, well, moving out of the NFL, we're not done yet. Uh, this has nothing to do with the whole previous hour of this episode, okay. but the second I read this headline, I immediately thought of you, Robbie, and how we're going to talk about this on whenever the next episode we did, which was the report that came out a couple weeks ago that... Ben Simmons wants out of Philly. And I read that and I was kind of like, uh, cause like, okay. I said this last <laughs> time we talked about basketball on the podcast, which is that even though I've given Ben Simmons a lot of shit over the last few years, I don't want to see him suffer like that. Like he did in the playoffs. I mean, I've gone through bad slumps in basketball before and it's not like I was even that good. And those were really, really challenging times, but I'm just saying it's kind of a funny headline and that I'm pretty sure Philly was done with Ben Simmons before Ben Simmons wanted out of Philly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would be like me like writing to Harvard and being like, 
uh, I don't want to come here. It, it, it really reminds me of the great LeBron tweet, and we haven't always praised LeBron, but we like a lot of the things he does off the court. But that was a great moment when um, Steph Curry publicly said that he and the Warriors would not accept an invitation as NBA champions to the White House because they rightfully disagreed with the policies of the shitbag racist in office, prompting Donald Trump at the time he had a Twitter account to tweet <laughs> that Steph and the Warriors were not invited to the White House. And LeBron's tweet was, you bum, which is the greatest use of the word bum. He's like, you bum, he already said he wasn't coming. So I felt like there was a little of that. You can't fire me because I quit. Right. It was yeah. very much disinvited to the White House and Robbie writing his rejection letter to Harvard. <laughs> that would have been dope, actually. <laughs> Wait, like, quick side note is when you filled out Actually, did you end up uh, completing the Stanford application? I did not. No. Okay, well, when you were looking at the Stanford application, your <laughs> senior year of high school, one of the greatest Robbie lines. Please ever. share the essay prompt and what your answer would have been. Okay, well, first of all, let me just preface this by saying that my dad was like, "Oh, do you want to apply to Stanford?" Like, it was a totally test, Robbie. It was a yeah, test. I was like, "Oh, I don't know. Like, we can look at the application." Like, as a parent in that situation, you probably should have been like unbiased in case like I actually did really want to go there but we start looking at like all the questions and it's like they have like it is, no, it is a they have all these mini answers it's a ridiculous right? it's not real essays it's like answer in a hundred words right yeah it's like it's like a ridiculous application with like 50 like short essays and it's like stupid questions like what would your dream roommate be like and my dad's just like <laughs> you're like shitting on it the entire time like oh so pretentious of Stanford Sorry. like why would they make no which honestly you were right about but anyways there was one question which was if you could relive any historical event what would it be and I thought it would be a funny answer someone who grew up as a Cal sports fan to write big game what what was the year that it was 1982 the play um, and just leave it at that. No explanation. Yeah, Rob, yeah, Robbie just that was Robbie's. Robbie's like, I'm just. I think I'll just write the play, and I'm like, God, you should send it in just. For, I, I would pay the fee just for that, but no. And that's everything you need to know about Robbie. By the way, like yeah, I, think when you, I, said, I think you just said the 1982 big game, which is actually funnier. The 1982 big game. But I think that might have actually uh, jeopardized my chances of getting in, despite my. Uh, other qualifications. What if, like, clearly some, what, exceeding what if, like, standards? What if one admissions officer at Stanford, like, was a Cal guy <laughs> who, like, just worked at Stanford? Be like, yes, this kid's in. I feel like the type of Cal guy to do that wouldn't work at Stanford, but you never know, I suppose. Sometimes you gotta, you know, listen, sometimes you gotta work for horrific entities because they just present a good work opportunity. I mean, yeah. Take it from me, guys. Okay. Sometimes you got to do that. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, when I called you the silent sarcastic, that was not just like me trying to be cool and have some alliteration <laughs> with a nickname. That is very true and clever. I always say to people who don't know you or haven't met you yet that he's like me, but 10 times quieter and probably has about 10 times the amount of funny statements. So, Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is a controversial statement. Like, uh, you know, 
if you ask like if the oxygen that's come out of people's mouths since you were all alive in our family, it would be like, you know, you and I are probably like 30%, you know, Bomb and Natalie are probably like 25%. No, wait, that doesn't work. Mom, Mom and Natalie are probably like 18% each and Robbie's like 4%. Like he has said the fewest words. But if you took the 10 funniest lines in the history of our family, I mean, he's probably a nine. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's not, I don't even think that's a controversial statement. Like, there might be one, like, you or Natalie that slipped in, or mom, but, like, I don't think, I think he might have 10. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, and that's what I was saying at the beginning with his announcement, is I wanted him to announce the Canada and U.S. rankings because I don't believe it was a product yeah. of anybody else. So no pressure, Robbie, <laughs> but your uh, funny-to-word ratio is very high. Yeah. Now shut up! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we've already made it, like, 67 minutes, so we're just going to keep going. Uh, quick topic on gaucho sports, because that is what I have spent a lot of my summer doing. What do you know about them? Nothing. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I do a lot of stuff with gaucho sports, and uh, you are a student. Fans are back. You are a fan. Big fan. So, I guess... I don't really want to contribute a whole lot because I just have a bunch of annoying facts in my big brain. I want to ask you a, you are a sophomore, but it is your first year at campus with in-person interaction and fans being allowed in games. So what are you most excited for as a fan? Like whether it's a team or just an atmosphere, I don't know. Yeah, I would definitely say it's the atmosphere that I'm looking forward to most. I didn't get to experience that last year. And although UCSB doesn't have a big football program where tons of fans come out to game days on Saturday, I still think that soccer and basketball are popular enough sports there where going to an event where everyone is cheering for one team and showing a bunch of school spirit and cares about the outcome of the game could be really fun to be around a bunch of people who um, care about the outcome of the game as much as you do. So that's what I'm looking forward to most about being a UCSB sports fan. Any particular atmosphere like outdoor tortillas getting thrown or indoor Thunderdome crowd? I mean, I don't know. I think nothing's better than being at a soccer game when your team scores because it's just such a monumental event during the game that you have to celebrate big. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, what are you most excited for? Well, I got to say that um, I'm not, it's not something I would have thought I would say a few years ago, but the sport I'm most looking forward to, I have to say, is flat ball. And that <laughs> is what you told me that Ultimate Frisbee players call their sport. Um, you have been a member of the Black Tide, in fact, the captain, and uh, I've gotten to watch you play. Uh, I was thrilled, along with your mother, to learn that you were nicknamed the Juice. And uh, we kind of looked, you know, we had weird looks on our faces when they screamed, the Juice is loose, as you caught like a breakaway pass for a point. Is that what it is? And yeah. uh, 
I was like, you guys, do you know that O.J. Simpson, like the most notorious murderer <laughs> in you know, what was called the juice? And they said, oh, oh, no, Mr. Silver, don't worry. We're not making light of a notorious murderer. We're making fun of his medical condition, <laughs> you see, because Greg has type 1 diabetes and needs to treat it with juice. So, um, listen, I'm excited. Most of all, I want to see a guy named Styx uh, coach. And, uh, no, listen, I'm, I'm excited about all of it. You guys were all such, you know, fun athletes to watch. I'm your biggest fan. I really loved watching you all play in youth sports in high school. And, you know, you did really, really well, especially considering that half of your genes were not necessarily the most athletic. I mean, mom is fine. Mom is, was a great runner. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm a scrappy guy, but I don't think I gave you great athletic skills. So I'm wondering, maybe this is an opportunity for one or both of you guys to maybe help the gene pool so that my grandkids can maybe have 75% good athletic genes and, and maybe 25% like really good athletic genes. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good athletes out there. So keep, keep an open mind guys. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you should find the most athletic person on campus and uh, try to procreate, but I'm not saying you shouldn't, for the record. Wait, I'm confused. Are you saying that maybe, like, Josh Pierre-Louis is open to donating sperm? That could happen, too. In fact, okay. you know, we, however it works, I'm not saying whatever, however the unions happen with, you know, whatever. I mean, and, you know, Natalie, I'm sure, would be a great carrier, so just figure it out. Okay, this got a little too weird. Yeah, moving right past that. Anyway, I thought, I thought, we, were so Andy, I thought we were in Andy Isabella Hollywood Brown mode, but we're not literal. So wait, just wait. just to clarify, Mike Silver just called his daughter a great character. Again, my, by, by the way, my podcast code. Again, I was in the Andy Isabella Hollywood Brown mode. So serious. We're not necessarily saying the exact literal truth but the literal police showed up and called me out here at this late hour i i, I should know i should know better anyway uh, i might get fired if that gets out man jeez <laughs> go easy follow the gauchos uh follow kcsb fm 91.9 in santa barbara baby that's where we do it uh last little segment i mean we're ending potty train me the only way we know how this is probably going to get split into two parts, so I guess part one won't end it. I think it should. It will. And uh, it is shout out to, let's start with our newer guest, Michael Silver. What's your shout out today, baby? Well, you know, I want to do two because it might be my last appearance on Body Training, given the way things have degenerated. <laughs> Unless the Canadians clamor for my return. They will. Uh, you know, um... But one, just to, you know, the, you mentioned the Rams organization, President Kevin Demoff on down. I want to really thank them for, um, you know, giving you the opportunity to, to be around uh, the team this summer and contribute and learn. And especially my friend, Surya Morales, who is still a game day employee, I believe, of the Rams, went on to Valley Sports. But uh, just a really, really cool person and, uh, you know, I thought so before, but given the way that um, you told me that she helped you and treated you on the, the job, um, I, I really appreciate everyone in the organization on down, uh, even Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and um, 
my second shout out is to ready drum roll your mom and the reason <laughs> i say that is that um I, i've been married for 30 years to leslie silver it's just been a a wonderful um development and you know just very fortunate to have her she is uh she's great and she's really at her best when you know the stakes are high and when uh times get tough and charged and she really you know i trust her instincts i appreciate her support and uh you know i'm just stoked to to have her as my wife. Um, we may be empty nesting soon, so we'll see. You might have to have me on and ask me in a few months if I still stick to this, but uh, shout out to to uh, your mom. Before I get to you, uh, big shout out to mom, obviously. She's the best. She actually has not made an appearance on Potty Train Me, but... Oh, I thought she had. I don't think so. Oh, never mind. She's been on Pass It Down. She's been on Pass It Down. Anyway, that will get fixed. Mom, uh can't really sum it all up in a short little segment. So oh, and, not oh and really quick, she's even hotter than Jimmy G. I just wanted to get that out there. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and then for other part of your shout-out, uh, definitely shout-out to Serena. Uh, we miss you very much at the Rams. And I didn't know that you guys actually hadn't met till just a couple of years. Yeah, uh, the, I think the night before the uh, 2018 NFC Championship game in New Orleans. Yeah, and so like to – feel like she treated you like a longtime friend and just to feel like she's someone I can call my friend after spending a short amount of time with her. Uh, that just says a lot about Serena. So Serena, I'll send you this link and uh, much love. Thanks for tolerating uh, the first 75 minutes to get here. <laughs> well, I'm going to put a timestamp on it, silly. Thanks to you. And by the way, by you, I mean all Canadians and Americans who've made it this far. Correct. Robbie. Okay, well, now I feel kind of bad you guys did uh, such sweet and sincere uh, shout-outs. Oh, don't worry, I have I'm not sure that this one um, is quite as real, but I would like to shout-out the guy who photobombed us the other day <laughs> during a family selfie by blowing uh, vape into our face. Um, I thought that that guy wasn't really clear on the concept of photobombing. Usually you just like make like a silly face or something, but he really went all in. You don't try to infect people. Yeah, with exactly. I was just going to say, yeah, especially during a global pandemic, <laughs> yes. that's yeah. usually not the best way uh, to photobomb. So if we do end up falling ill um, in the next few days, we know who to blame it on. Yeah, it would have been funny slash weird in 2019. Now it was just weird and kind of lacking awareness. But he's very worthy of a shout-out. I mean, also, if he was going to do that, he could have at least been using banana ice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have officially been stumped. I come from a generation where we don't make, we smoke. Okay, I'm going to have to review this episode before deciding if you're allowed back on after that one. So, good line. Uh, my shout-out, then again, my shout-out's not much better. I want to say two shout-outs. Number one has to go to bottle rock performer Megan Thee Stallion because in her song, Dance, she has the lyric, bitches acting shitty, so I had to potty train them. Just want to say... Oh, we got to get the rights to that. <laughs> so I think... 
I was going to record that, but I re- when I went to reach into my pocket to get my, <laughs> my phone, I realized that while walking from the stage with Foo Fighters to the Megan Thee Stallion stage, uh, the phone did not make the full journey. It did not, sadly. Rest, may it rest in may peace. May it rest in peace in a dumpster in Napa, California. Correct. So, uh, shout out to Megan Thee Stallion for that. Second shout out. Shout out to the worst conspiracy theory of all time, which is that Kurt Cobain never died, but instead became uh, the singer of Weezer, Rivers Cuomo. And I just want to say... We know better. We have actually learned over this last weekend that we found the real Kurt Cobain lookalike, and possibly the real Kurt Cobain, who is the keyboardist from Cage the Elephant. We we found him on the Jam Cellars stage on Sunday at Bottle Rock. Dude, with the sunglasses, with the sunglasses, wow. And the beard was a really good touch. Yeah. Yeah, it was a Cobainian beard. So, But it's not that he looked like Kurt Cobain looked. It's that he looked like if Kurt Cobain had never died and had just tried to blend back in unassumingly into society, he looked like that's what Kurt Cobain would be. Yeah, exactly. And he was a pretty good keyboardist. Yeah, very good keyboardist. So, yeah. shout out to fake Kurt Cobain, maybe real. Uh, shout out to Megan Thee Stallion. Shout out to Mom. Shout out to Serena Morales. And most of all, shout out to the guy who Hold on, I got vaped. Trouble on my left. Trouble on my right. That was literal. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay, I just so want to say that he moved in between us just for that line. Yeah, Robbie was the one on my left. He's trouble <laughs> on my left. He's trouble on your left. Uh, well, look. Dad, Robbie, I just want to say thank you both so much for spending this fat block of time with me and the Potty Train Me community in Canada, the United States, and eventually Mexico. God, don't make me lose my mind. Good work. Okay, uh, before we get out, let me just get our guest real quick. Uh, Mr. Kent, yeah. <laughs> Roy Kent! Hmm. Hey, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing here anyway? <laughs> fuck! It's a podcast. Nobody's going to fucking listen. Get the fucking vaccine. Thank you, Mr. Kent. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>